It's Pi Day, 3.14, and what's the rest? I can't remember. Monday, March 14th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. This here is my daily audio digest. I publish this Monday to Friday. I post the uh, show notes on the archives up on the, my website, stevensersky.com. And I am Steven Sersky. I live here in Beijing, China. I'm an expat here in the ESL industry, uh, but uh, this is something I do on the side. Uh, talking about the things that uh, the other interests I have, notably music, uh, video making, um, and other video effects, and then also what it's like to live overseas in this time, these very strange times. But then again, which times aren't strange, right? So the big news is, well, the big news, but not the other big news that's going on in Ukraine. Uh, here in China, the Olympics are over. Uh, Paralympics have now officially ended. Uh, me and the girlfriend were actually thinking about going to the Olympic Park area to see the fireworks. It's a good thing we didn't, because there weren't any. <laughs> I guess for the uh, closing ceremonies. Um, and I'm starting to think, for the other Olympics, uh, did they have fireworks at the closing ceremony? I think they did. And this one, uh, they didn't. So... Uh, good thing we didn't uh, take the time to go over to the Olympic Park. They had it all shut down anyway. I mean, all the uh, subway stations were closed. Um, the entrances to the park were all shut down. I think it was sort of along the lines, like, if you weren't just driving by, like, you couldn't stop and take pictures sort of thing. It's, uh, you, you got to keep on moving along sort of thing. So we uh, we stayed here instead. And now, being Monday, yes, it is Pi Day, but... Uh, Things have gotten a little dicey in Ukraine because now that the Olympics are over, Russia seems to be courting China to uh, step into the mess. And I'm not sure, I don't think China wants to get involved, to tell you the truth. I think they're like, this is not something we want to do. This is between you guys. Uh, not only that, I mean, is is China ready? China wants a place on the, on the world stage and this is certainly a test because they do have a relationship with Russia, being that they're so close and their styles of government are uh, are similar. But I'm not sure if they are they want to get involved in in this Ukrainian uh, debacle. Basically, I mean, Putin's putting himself in a uh, a situation here where. <clears throat> It's tough to see how he can even de-escalate. The latest I've seen is that, um, well, he's accused uh, Ukraine of this before, of being, that, that he's attacking neo-Nazis, that he's uh, uh, trying to get, you know, rid Ukraine of these neo-Nazis. And the groups that he's referring to aren't necessarily, they're not neo-Nazis. They, uh, they are banderistas. They're, they're followers, they're an extremist group that... Um, find some sort of solace in following Stefan Bandera, who I've spoke about before. And Bandera was this guy during World War II in Western Ukraine, who uh, had made some deals with the uh, the Germans at that time, and now they're seen as being uh, as being neo Nazis. But it's not entirely accurate. They are extremist group. They have uh, extremist views. I'm not sure that they believe 
uh, exactly what the, the Nazis did at all. That being the case, they are the ones who are getting the attention. And as far as I know, from at least the one article that I heard, uh, sorry, one clip that I heard, uh, was that <clears throat> when the West is sending uh, arms and military like weapons to Ukraine and training and giving advice, well, one group that seems to be on the receiving end of this is, I think it's the Azarov um, Battalion or whatever it is, that they they are known to be Banderists. So there's these followers, followers of uh, this one guy, which it's kind of hard to believe that this even exists um, and that they are allowed, that they would want to propagate that sort of image. Uh, this doesn't make sense to me, uh, given that Ukraine as a whole uh, was attacked by both uh, the, the Germans, like the Nazis on, on the West, and then the Soviets uh, on the right. I mean, it was, um, it just doesn't make sense that this view would be still present. But I do remember when I was in Lviv uh, years ago that I was at, I'd never seen this black and white, uh, black and red flag. And I was told, like, yeah, those are the Banderists. Um, they're kind of like crazy people sort of thing. Uh, they're not the mainstream. I shouldn't say that they're crazy. They're they're not the mainstream uh, belief in Ukraine. So this is sort of uh, when you're hearing about like neo-Nazi uh, factions in Ukraine, it's these guys that they're referring to. And so it, it, this is dicey because it's it's a skewing of history. For more information on that, I would ask that you go to Sergei Plokhi's book, The Gates of Europe. That's he talks about this. He talks about what happened, the situation, the context. And I know in our our days and times of uh, social media, non-contextual information, it might take a little bit to understand. But those who do will go take a look, and they'll they'll see that the UPA, the Ukrainian People's Army, which is what the uh, the, the Banderists founded, these guys were a faction within Ukraine and were not the majority at all that being I, I did have a russian class today and i will continue to study russian i don't see it uh this is not the russian people i don't hold this against them at all uh this is very much a political maneuvering that has probably i can't help but think is this a grudge against trump and i don't mean by putin I mean by Biden and the Democrats. I mean, like the this current U.S. administration, they made a big deal about Russian meddling in the uh, whatever election, 2016 election. Is this a grudge match? And already you're, you're seeing Trump's name come up in the uh, uh, the news again. He's percolating up, and of course all the hatred comes out again. The, the United States... Uh, I can't. I don't. I can't claim to know the entire situation of the United States electoral process. There's the prime, the primaries, or the the mid thing, mid. What, there's some sort of election this year, uh, in which they choose a bunch of other people, and Trump isn't going away. I think this is. I can't help but wonder. Like, is this Biden and the administration who are you know reinforcing their position in an effort to stave off? Um, a, a re-emergence of Trump. The other thing that gets me is that all of these guys are old. Like Putin, he's upper 60s. Trump, 70s. Biden, 
80s? I don't even know. Camilla Harris is at least one of the younger ones. I think she's only in her 50s. Uh, but it's... Well, these are a lot of yeah, old people running things. I guess there's something to be said about experience, and you learn things along the way, but wow, I mean, yeah, sometimes... You kind of wonder should there be a, should there be a cap on uh, the political age? Why isn't retirement enforced on those? Right? <laughs> I guess that would be my question. Uh, yeah, but in my Russian class, it was actually um, uh, insightful today. Uh, I learned two different things. Um, number one, that with the names like the, the true Russian names, as she says, uh, like Svetlana. Uh, Svetlana, it's in the west, right? So, and then there's also Ves, Volodymyr, um, Eastern Peace. Uh, Vladivostok is region of the east. So, uh, Vostok is uh, Vostok. Oh, I can't remember the word for it. It means the eastern portion. And so she was telling me sort of how these names uh, are derived from words from like other like. From other words, smaller words put together. They're basically compounds. And so with knowing that, you can sort of give yourself a, a, a mnemonic to remember your directions, remember some of the other words uh, in, in the language. So that was pretty neat. But then she spent some time actually after class, and I'm actually kind of impressed by uh, these Russian teachers. She's Ukrainian, uh, but she spent another 10 minutes after class had ended sort of talking about, you know, her impressions of what was happening. And I didn't really ask. I said Slava Ukraini to her, and she, this is what sort of got her to go, okay, well, yeah, this is what's happening, that's what's happening. And she made this comment about these politicians. She thinks that they're just stupid. <laughs> and uh, that they should be more like wives. They should let the men think. They should let the other let their partner think that they're in control when really it's the wife who's in control. I was laughing about that. It's it's a good point. Then you gotta wonder, well, maybe this is what's happening, is that uh, they are trying to do that. But I mean, you know, Russia sends bombs into Ukraine. I guess that's no longer a very covert way of saying that you're in control, right? That's that's an overt way of saying we want control because it doesn't look like they have it just yet. So her, that comment made me chuckle. And yes, I will continue to study Russian. Uh, as I said before, this is not the Russian people. I, I don't blame the Russian culture. This is very much political. Uh, this is uh, Putin trying to resurrect the the ashes of, from the ashes of the Soviet Union, as he saw it in 1991, 1990, which you know kind of makes you wonder how is this going to end if he's trying to he's if he's starting to make overtures to uh, to China to you know get involved. And I don't again. I don't think China wants to get involved. Uh, to tell you the truth, as much as China does have an an anti-Western sentiment in regard to how it runs itself, I don't know if they are of the same anti-Western. You know, we're going to put guns on the ground sort of effort. I I, I don't get that sense at all. Uh, from it doesn't look like China wants to go fight wars. Anywhere, anywhere else, uh, because that's, I mean, that's something that they point their fingers at the U United States for doing, you know, fighting wars here and there and causing trouble. I don't know if 
China wants that. I think China wants to solidify its own borders and doesn't like people talking about how it does that. But flying, like leaving this homeland and then supporting a battalion oversee, over somewhere else? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That being the case, I continue on with both Chinese studies and, and Russian studies. Um, Chinese, I, I did spend some time uh, reviewing li- uh, vocab today, reading reading the dictionary, basically. I did actually get some of my HSK5 book. I'm making my way through the texts first. I want to get through that. I'm almost done the first book. So I did chapter 17 today. Uh, next will be, if I can, tomorrow I'll do chapter 18. I'll just read the text and get it a little bit translated to pick out the words I don't know. Um, and I've noticed that there's a little bit of a, I almost have a little bit of a, a, a dichotomy going between how I am able to study Chinese and then how I'm able to uh, study Russian. Because with Russian, uh, it's not so much that conjugations are important, but I've actually taken upon myself to not write them by hand, but to type them out. So whereas with Chinese, it's better for me to write out by hand the Chinese characters so I learn them I so I get sort of closer to uh, being able to deconstruct them as I go along so or construct them I should say uh, whereas Russian I'm finding I know how to write in Russian uh, or the, the Cyrillic alphabet and that's not that's not difficult but my issue is that if I'm having lessons online I want to be able to respond quickly and that means I have to be able to type in in Russian, in Cyrillic. So that has been something uh, I've been doing. Usually what I'll do for this, I'll just copy out a text, like a, a news article or something, and I will just copy it out on my phone. So I'll copy it into Notepad and then make spaces in between each sentence, each, each line, and in between each I will do my typing. So I'll just copy exactly uh, letter for letter what I see. And this I'm okay with using the autocorrect, autofill feature, because that is a feature that we use in English quite a bit. It speeds up things uh, tremendously. And so with that, um, like in Chinese, actually I can't do it because I don't know the characters, right? But in Russian, if I know that the word is past tense and it shows up as being past tense, then I can, you know, click autofill and then move on. So these are, it's similar to typing in English, uh, in, in that sense that uh, it, it just helps speed things speed things up a little bit. So, yeah, I'm continuing with that. Uh, whether or not I'm able to do the HSK 5 test next month, probably not next month, May would be sort of the next possible time. And then I'm also thinking, I know I said I want to do the uh, Russian test as well, possibly in Moscow or St. Petersburg. I don't think that's going to be possible. Oh, no, that's not going to happen for a while. Uh, yeah, this actually, it's kind of, this war kind of interrupts a lot of things because we had it so good for so long um, where we had this piece. But, I mean, whether or not we're able to backpack Europe the same way that, we're, that we were able to before. Um, Southeast Asia should be fine. Uh, Middle East, I don't know. Uh, not too sure you want to backpack there there are backpackers in the area and i'm not saying it's completely unsafe what about parts of africa latin america south america i mean 
those places are they as dangerous are are they worse are they better uh something i've never actually looked into it to tell you the truth so who knows if i get the travel bug and want to get out of the hot zones maybe uh go somewhere where it's a bit uh warmer climate but cooler heads maybe something along those lines right other than that uh yes i today was a very busy day was able to i got quite a bit done so work out chinese russian and then also a podcast episode number 30 so i had another guest today and we were able to uh spend just a couple of hours uh talking about what he does here in beijing uh, i'd say fellow english teacher but he only does that part-time as he has other work that occupies the vast majority of, t- of his time and if you've played uh, any a few of the notable games in China or you've watched some TV shows you might have heard his voice you probably won't recognize it because he does this as his job but uh, it was neat to sort of hear this sort of description of a job that you think once you hear about it, you're like yes it must exist somewhere but how would you ever make a living out of it and we did talk about um, how different this job would be to do you know back in the UK back in Canada rather than here in China so there are job opportunities here in China that are just more uh, there are more opportunities in some areas than there are back in the western uh, portion of western countries so it was good talk i should have that up and i know yes uh episode number 29 also hasn't been finished just yet so hopefully this week actually not hopefully this week you will see two releases uh from my my big big podcast that's episode number 29 coming up and also episode number 30 so i want to get those both out this week you can look for those on the twitter uh also instagram i post them there steven sersky podcast uh, now and also on my website stephenstrisky.com you can find all the archives there if I can I think this uh, enough people have sort of said get on Spotify I'm saying, okay fine maybe I'll get around to creating a dedicated account for the podcast itself the big cast not just this one but the, the big podcast and then that way it's a little bit more uh, out there I guess you could say right uh, but yeah that's that took up quite a bit of time today I was busy right from the get-go um, from working out to languages to podcast recording to Russian. <sighs> busy, busy. Would you? I was thinking about this. Was it faster from 0 to 40 or is it faster from 40 to 80? Yeah, those are age references. That's a very good question. I don't know. Well, how do you feel? Do you feel your days are zipping by? Um, are, are you feeling your days are slowing down? Uh, this, I know this. Ukrainian war, this Russian war against Ukraine, I mean, upsets a lot of people, uh, makes them uh, very anxious, uh, and not to mention that it's disrupted an entire country's life. Uh, but I mean, for us who aren't directly affected by it, I mean, how's it going out there? You guys doing okay? Let me know. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. The Steven Sersky over there. Find my uh, Instagram feed. You can uh, look at some of the pictures there as well. I use that more of as a revolving picture door than uh, anything else these days. Uh, but also my website. Show notes and tracks up on my website, stevensersky.com. Uh, folks, thanks for listening. I'll leave it there. Slava Ukrainini. Uh, and we will talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.